What is going on, everybody? Welcome to We Know Baseball. We Know Baseball podcast, part of the We Know Ball media group. My name is Ryan. We got a great episode for you guys. Today, episode 41. 41, We Know Baseball. At least I like to claim I know baseball. September 5th, 2023, the day after Memorial Day. Nope, Labor Day. Labor Day. Memorial Day is in April, May, back in the earlier part of the year. Labor Day is in September, typically. We've had some common themes on this show, especially over the last few episodes, right? Declare some teams dead, talk about the World Series. And ideally, yeah, we'd like to get a little bit more regular with this show because it is going to inevitably become not as regular when the re- when the baseball season is over. World Series ends, you know, it's a, it's a bi-weekly, bi-monthly. Like, it's not going to happen very often. Having a hard time trying to describe that. The point is, we should try to get this show going at least once a week considering the fact uh, the baseball season unfortunately has not much time left september 5th we're in the last month of the regular season then we got october baseball world series and then it's done it's done for november december january and most of february so try to get regular with it of course we'll be doing episodes in the off season for big time signings free agencies winter meetings things of that nature but ultimately, as we sit here on episode 41, the We Know Baseball podcast, we're going to do what we always do, which is to go over the standings, dive into what's happened with the standings so far, explain some of the, the trends and things going on, and ultimately come back to the conclusion that we've been at for a few weeks, if you will, and that is that the Braves are going to win it all because the Braves are unbelievable. Unbelievable. The Braves are unbelievable. Nothing new. As we do with the standings, American League first, east to west, starting in the American League East. Baltimore Orioles, three and a half game lead over the Tampa Bay Rays, 86 and 51. Expected win loss is 79 and 58. So they're still what we've talked about, outplaying their expected win loss by about seven games. I said in the last episode, I'm not sure if that's sustainable practice for the Baltimore Orioles, but apparently it is because they got a three game win streak. They're seven and three in their last 10. All that really tells me is that those guys know how to win. They find ways to win, which is a good thing. If you're a baseball team, you know, it's can sit there and talk about the metrics and the numbers and all the different things. Um, But at the end of the day, if you're winning games, I mean, I could tell you that for them, That's certainly all they care about is winning. They want to win at all costs. And if that means outplaying your, you know, expected win loss, then so be it. But they're winning. Tampa Bay, 83 and 55 in second place. They'll be in the playoffs. They'll be a legitimate contender. They're probably going to play pretty good ball here as we um, 
get towards the later the latter later latter parts of the season um they're a good team man they're, they're going to be around late in the mix in october they're always around will they win it all i don't know but their lineup's pretty deep they got a lot of production coming from one through nine similar to a lot of other teams that are having success this season 83 and 55 i said for tampa bay they're expected win losses 87 and 51 so they're playing four games under their expected win loss that's coming off of their run differential which is plus 184 which is excellent one thing to note about just tampa bay is that they just win a lot of blowout games um just they just win a lot of blowout games so they're a good team they'll be around should see them in the mix at least you know alds alcs something like that toronto blue Jays, 76 and 62 10 and a half back of baltimore but they're right in the mix in the wild card in fact they're a half game behind uh the texas rangers for that final wild card spot the rangers we'll get to that man but uh oh starting to i don't know we'll see uh boston red sox 72 and 66 14 and a half back of baltimore probably gonna miss the playoffs but you know it is what it is last place in the american league east new york yankees 68 and 69 three game win streak they just swept the houston astros in houston they're seven and three in their last 10 and they're eight games back of the wild card now are the yankees going to make the playoffs probably not probably not but what's not a coincidence with the yankees is they get to a point in their season where most people outside of the yankees and fans of the yankees have come to the I don't know if it's because it's not over, so it's hard to say. But most people that watched, let's just say, it's it's not a coincidence that baseball fans and Yankee fans had come to terms with the fact that the Yankees probably were going to miss the playoffs. And that wave of disappointment and anger and all those things that happen when you come to terms with the fact that the team is going to underperform and not make the playoffs, as that wave passes, the expectations drop significantly. And the Yankees call up a bunch of young guys, top prospects, youth, energy, they start to move on from the older guys. Next thing you know, Yankees are seven and three in their last 10 and they sweep the Astros in Houston with like six rookies in their lineup. It's not a coincidence, dude. It's not just, Oh, luck And like, whatever, I wouldn't be shocked that the Yankees play 650 ball the rest of the way, which probably won't be good enough to get into the postseason. But that's what youth and playing carefree immediately does to a baseball team. 
to anybody in any sport, in any walk of life. But the Yankees were so bogged down by Aaron Judge contract, payroll, we're the Yankees. We got to have veteran leadership and one or two young guys. Clearly, that doesn't work anymore. All of a sudden, the expectations disappear from the Yankees. Well, their season's over. We'll just call up some young guys, and they just catch fire. Now, they probably will cool off, and things will probably level out. Who knows? The point is, it's not a coincidence that young guys with nothing to lose and everything to gain get called up to a team like the Yankees who have now gone past all point of expectation and are playing with nothing left but to just go out and play and they play great baseball it's just not a coincidence dude it's not it's not will the yankees make the playoffs i i I doubt it but their best chance to make the playoffs at the point of two weeks ago was to say you know what who cares bring up the young guys send out the old dinosaurs Let's see what we can do. Get these guys some at-bats. Next thing you know, they're playing carefree. They're winning baseball games. Not a coincidence. Taking a page out of the Baltimore Orioles book who are leading their division and have been doing the same thing all season. American League Central, Minnesota, 72-66. and 66. Next closest team is Cleveland at 66-72. and 72. Cleveland Guardians uh, like picked up a bunch of dudes at the waiver wire. And... I don't know. I guess that's what they're going to do. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, but Cleveland stinks. Detroit stinks. Kansas City's a laughing stock. And the White Sox aren't good either. I mean, they're all they're all bad. Minnesota's going to win that division and then get bounced in either the wild card round or the first round of the... Uh, which one is which? What is it? They're not going to get past the ALDS. Let's put it that way. Very good league West, dude. Um crazy division crazy seattle 77 and 60 seattle mariners that division al west Mariners are 77 and 60. Houston 78 and 61. They are tied atop the American League West based on, you know, games played and winning percentage, basically. The Mariners have one fewer loss than Houston, but they also have one fewer win. So basically, Houston's played two more games than Seattle, and they got a win and a loss in those games. So it evens out. The Rangers are 76 and 61. They're a game behind. Houston and Seattle, they're a game behind. They've played the same number of games as Seattle. So Houston's just played two more games. This is weird kind of thing because it's like all of them have different numbers and records, but only separated by a game. So Seattle Mariners, six and four in their last 10. They have lost two in a row, but they've been playing some pretty good ball. And 
the American League West with Seattle, Houston, and Texas is an absolutely perfect microcosm of what baseball is now becoming. And that is, number one, youth, dependability, reliability, experience, and then towards the latter parts of the season, depth, pitching, pitching, pitching. Seattle, at the beginning of the year, had the youth, but they didn't quite have the experience. They didn't quite have the depth, and they had the pitching. And that kept them around 500. Houston, the whole year, had the depth, had the youth, had the experience, had pretty good pitching, and they stayed towards the top of the American League West. The Rangers, at the beginning of the year, had the youth, had the experience, had the depth, smashed the ball, didn't quite have the pitching, but because of the new wave of baseball, these hot streaks and these long periods of sustained success, one month, two months, three months, those are exaggerated for longer windows because the new pace of play, the new speed of baseball, the Rangers just could just roll out an offensive juggernaut and just win three months worth of games. And then it gets down to the dog days and the new wave of baseball starts to be overtaken slightly by what baseball has always been, which is you need good starting pitching and you need a good bullpen. You need a good bullpen and you need longevity and you need sustainability and you need depth. And what happened with the Rangers the first three months of the year is they had nothing but smashers in their lineup and they had a pretty good rotation and their bullpen was not great, but they got by with that because all they did was just destroy the ball. So they're winning by four, five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 runs a game. doesn't matter how good your bullpen is. Then the offense starts to come back down to earth a little bit. The bullpen stays at a pretty bad level. Next thing you know, things start to level out. And that really good Mariners bullpen and the really good Astros bullpen and the really good Mariners rotation and the good Astros pitching starts to catch up with the Rangers. Rangers are still hitting, but the bullpen and the starting pitching doesn't stay healthy, doesn't perform. And it's been Mariners and Rangers doing the exact opposite. One team's trending up, one team's trending down. The Rangers can hit, but they do not have the pitching to give them a deep postseason run. They don't. Their bullpen stinks. Stinks. And because of that, I don't know if the Rangers will get past the division series in the playoffs. And that's just what it is. If you're asking me to pick one of those three teams to get through the championship series— or to get, let's say, to get get the division series to the championship series, you gotta ask me pick one team out of the American League West to get through the American League division series. I'm taking Seattle, it's definitely over Texas and probably over Houston too. Seattle has the youth, they have the starting pitching, they have the bullpen, they have the clutch hitting, the well-rounded lineup that's starting to come around. Julio Rodriguez is starting to figure it out again. 
look out for Seattle and Texas. I mean, it's too late because they can't add anybody, I guess, unless they sign a free agent or something. But the the bullpen is, I mean, it's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible bullpen. Horrible. So that's not going to play well in October. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, Rangers, yeah, 76-61. Angels, 64-74. and 74. They're done. They gave, they gave away everybody. Otani's going to leave. The Angels are in a bad spot. And I'll say this about Otani, because now Otani's got his UCL tear. I talked about it on the last podcast, man, the last We Know Baseball. The guy had to, he needed to slow down. Enough is enough with that guy, especially when he's fighting and competing and giving so much effort to a team and organization that clearly had no future. The part that sucks the most about Otani, the injury, the fact that he isn't going to the playoffs again, the fact that the angels underperform again, is that it's so obvious that Otani the whole year was giving every single ounce of everything he had as a hitter, as a pitcher. He's pulling his oblique, hitting home runs in a game that he just pitched to the first game of a double. Like the guy was going crazy. And Mike Trout can't stay on the field. Anthony Rendon clearly could care less about contributing to the Angels' success as he collects his monster paychecks. And even when the Angels do make an effort and they do add dudes in, nothing came of it. And Otani's efforts were just wasted again. Angel fans, Otani is gone. He is so gone. It's just a matter of where he ends up signing. And then Otani gave all that energy and effort and everything to this organization and this team and trying to help him win all for nothing. And he tore his ECL. Now his contract is not going to be anywhere near where it should be when he's fully healthy as a pitcher and a hitter. Was he going to be a Cy Young caliber pitcher for the next 10 years? Of course not. He's 30 years old. He will pitch again. He will always be a very good hitter. But what's not fair to Otani is what the Angels did to him, both individual players on the team and the organization as a whole, because they didn't try until the trade deadline this season. And they went all in and it didn't work out because that's just not how baseball works. Now Otani's going to lose out on 100 plus million on his contract because he was giving everything he had to an organization that was not reciprocating. It sucks for Otani. It sucks. My only hope is now he can go to a contender and he can remain healthy for the remainder of his career and get an opportunity to play in some big-time October games. I think that's what anybody wants to see from Otani. That's it. They want to see him in big-time games, taking big-time at-bats, pitching in big-time moments in October. That's what anybody wants from their best players. They want that with Mike Trout. But... I think 
I think a lot of people have come to terms with the fact that Mike Trout is just one of those guys that plays 60 to 80 games a year. It sucks. If Mike Trout was on the Yankees or the Mets or the Phillies or some other big market teams or maybe just like East Coast teams and had the contract he he signed with the Angels, people would be a lot more up in arms about the fact that he's not probably earning the contract. But because he's on the Angels and the Angels are so associated with guys just like getting hurt, underperforming, not making the playoffs, this whole like trout contract, not playing, like it's kind of getting swept under the rug and like not being made a huge deal of it because Trout's such a likable guy and he's a great dude and he wants to be on the field and everyone knows it. But it's also the fact I think a most people in baseball have come to terms with the fact that Mike Trout is going to play 60 to 80 games a year, every year for the rest of his career. He's also got a chronic back issue. Every year he seems to like injure his, his wrist or his, his elbow or like, I, I might, put down Mike Trout being one of those guys that has a press conference when he's 35, 36 and says, you know, I, I, I can't in good faith try to continue to play when my body is falling apart. And it's really sad. And it's, a, I think, one of the biggest storylines in all of baseball that doesn't really get talked about that much because he's on a team and he's with an organization that is known and associated with his type of career. Where it's just kind of like bogged down by injuries, underperforming, you know, little brother team in the same city as a better team on the West Coast. No one talks about it. And it's okay because Trout's a likable guy, but Angels fans, woof. Oakland A's 42 and 96. Yikes. Minus 297 on the run differential for Oakland, by the way. Minus 297. That's crazy. On the flip side, as we make the transition over to the National League, National League East, Atlanta Braves, the only team with 90 wins in baseball, 90 and 46. They have a 14 and a half game lead over the second place Philadelphia Phillies, who are 76 and 61. Uh, they have a plus 239 run differential. They have the most runs scored. They are just crazy. They're crazy. We'll get to them in a second. Philly 76 and 61. Miami Marlins 70 and 67. They are a half game back of the wild card. Mets are 73 and sorry, 63 74. 
They are 27 and a half games behind the Braves. Uh, so they've been eliminated from winning the division. But they are seven and a half back. Well, I mean, the Mets season is obviously over. They are a game and a half better than the Nationals, who are 70, 62 and 76. Nationals, not great. We'll get to Atlanta again here in a second. National League Central Milwaukee Brewers, 76 and 61. They lead the Cubs by two and a half games. The Cubs are 74 and 64. The Cubs are in the wild card spot. The Reds, 72 and 68. They are also sitting in a wild card spot. If the season ended today, they'd be in the postseason, which is pretty interesting. Pittsburgh, 64 and 74. St. Louis, 59 and 78. In the National League West, Dodgers lead that division. Not a surprise. 84 and 52. Uh, they got a 14 game lead over the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are 71 and 67. The Giants are 70 and 68. One game out of a wild card spot. Padres, laughing stock of the league, 65 and 74. Rich Hill's pitching big games for them. Uh, embarrassing to even honestly be affiliated with that team. And then uh, the Rockies are 15-87. The last thing we wanted to talk about here, uh, and, and by the way, sorry, to go through the, the, the playoff picture quickly, in the American League, the division winners would be Baltimore, Seattle, and Minnesota. The one seed would be Baltimore. Two seed would be Seattle. Three seed would be Minnesota. Four seed would be Tampa Bay, five seed would be Houston, and the sixth seed would be the Texas Rangers. So three teams coming out of the AL West if the season ended today. I think that's pretty interesting. Um, and I think the matchups would be Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Houston, Seattle, Baltimore, Texas. Tampa Bay would destroy Minnesota. Houston, Seattle would be really interesting, especially if Seattle has home field in that wildcard series. And then Texas and Baltimore would be good, but I think Baltimore beats them. In the National League, the three division winners uh, would be Atlanta, the Dodgers, and the Bra uh, Brewers, Milwaukee Brewers. And then the three wildcard teams, as of right now, would be Philly, Chicago, and Arizona, with Cincinnati tied for Arizona. But I think Arizona has the tiebreaker on them. Uh, so that'd be a really interesting little cluster of wildcard teams with Philly, Chicago Cubs, and Arizona Diamondbacks. The matchup would go one seed Atlanta against six seed Arizona, two seed Dodgers against five seed Cubs, and four a uh, three seed Milwaukee against four seed Philadelphia. Now, if those were the cases, I'd take Philly to beat Milwaukee. I would. Uh, but once again, and this is a good transition into our final talking point here of this relatively brief episode, but covering all the basics. Is the National League Championship Series is going to be Braves Dodgers. It's it's going to be Braves and Dodgers. And on the topic of the Braves, because I got a lot of, I. Got a lot of pushback on this, okay? I came out, went all in on the Braves, said Acuna was going to be MVP. People are like, Mookie, bleh, Freddie Freeman. Ronald Acuna is the MVP. Watch him play baseball. 
Watch what he just did in Los Angeles over a four-game series and tell me he wasn't the best player on the field that entire weekend. Mookie Betts is outstanding. He is probably the second best player in the National League. He is. And Freddie Freeman is number three. But tell me Ronald Acuna, who has... Sixty stolen bases and thirty homers, and hit a ball a hundred and twenty-one miles an hour is not the MVP. Mookie Betts plays right field. He plays second base. He plays center field. I get it. He's a phenomenal player. Ronald Acuna is the MVP. He is by far the MVP, in my opinion. Another stat I saw on Twitter to justify my Braves take that apparently everyone goes, wait till October. You clearly don't know anything about baseball. Wait till October when the Braves lose to the Milwaukee Brewers. The most balls in play this year, over 110 miles per hour exit velo. The first team is the Atlanta Braves with 182 balls in play over 110 miles an hour on the exit velocity 182 is that a lot is that not very much the next closest team with a i can't even get it out this is so disgusting it's so disgusting i don't even want if this is just this is so disgusting it's it's absurd the most balls in play in Major League Baseball this season at 110 miles per hour or harder on the exit velocity. Number one team is the Atlanta Braves with 182 balls in play over 110 off the bat. Is that a lot? Is that not that much? Okay, Braves are in first with 182. Who's in second? There's two teams tied for second in balls in play over 110 miles an hour. The Yankees and the Angels. The Braves had 182 balls in play over 110. The Yankees and Angels are tied for second with 88 balls in play over 110 miles an hour. So, to summarize... Balls in play, over 110 exit velo. 182 for the Braves, 88 for the second place team. What? What? Sometimes there's a team that's the best in the league and everyone knows it and they are the number one seed going into the postseason but there's some other teams that could come up next to them and compete with them and potentially beat them in a seven game series the Braves are so un 
so unbelievable. And they go to Dodger Stadium for a four-game series, and they win three out of four. And I fully expect that to be the outcome when they face off in the National League Championship Series. The Braves are going to play the Dodgers. They're going to win the first three. The Dodgers are going to win the fourth game. And then the Braves are going to win the fifth game. And they're going to beat the Dodgers. They're going to go to the World Series. They're going to beat the Astros or the Mariners or whoever else they end up facing because balls off the bat at 110, the Braves have the most balls off the bat at 110 by 100. Like, to have 182 balls in play over 110 miles an hour on the exit velo, that means that everybody, every single player in their lineup is destroying the baseball. Every single guy, every batter, Every single hitter in their starting lineup is hammering the baseball. I've said it before. I continue to repeat myself, and I will say it over and over again until the World Series is concluded and the Braves are champions. The Braves are not just in a league of their own. It, they're playing on a different planet than the rest of the league. It's not even close. That stat is so egregious. It just validates everything I've said. The Braves are insane. I fully expect the Braves to... Play the Dodgers in the NLCS, beat him in five. They're crazy. I mean, they're just, they're crazy. So that's it, guys. That's all I got. Honestly, that's all I got. I, I wanted to keep it short and brief. I wanted to keep it under control. Half an hour-ish. Here we are. So either way, hopefully you guys enjoyed the, vid uh, the video, the podcast, at We Know Ball Sports, Instagram, TikTok. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, greatly appreciated. At Ryan Knows Ball. That's me. It's my handle on Twitter. At Ryan Knows Ball. We Know Baseball is the name of this show. This was episode 41. And We Know Baseball, part of the We Know Ball media group. Well, We Know Ball. And in the case of this episode and this show, We Know Baseball. And we know baseball. We know the Braves are going to win the World Series because how could they not? Hopefully you guys enjoyed. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace out. Let's